Amen. God's been really good to us as a church. Those of you who've been with us in our journey through 2006, you know where we were when we started uh, meeting at the convent. We had uh, the South Church and the Central Church. The Central Church was meeting at the convent on, of St. Brigitte. <clears throat> and uh, I guess at that time, we were just kind of averaging uh, probably around uh, 200 or so at the Central Church. The South Church was just barely making it, like around 20 people or so. And, uh, but we are finishing off the year in a much stronger way. Our average attendance at the Central Church, uh, the adults is between three to 400, kind of varies a little bit around that. Uh, the Kids Church with 50 kids. The South Church is averaging around 50 people. We also started the All People's Church North, broke new ground there. We broke new ground in Orissa, Dilipman, Sad All People's Church, Orissa. We broke new ground in Vishakhapatnam, Sad All People's Church, Vishakhapatnam. Just been amazing this year. Um, and uh, we did bring out some publications. Uh, didn't do too much the latter half of this year. But uh, a good number of publications brought out. And, and we continuously send these books out uh, across the nation uh, to bless people. Uh, we also saw new things happen. Uh, the... Um, Kingdom Builders Conference, we began to move in a very strong way. The beginning of this year, we had one in Nagpur, then one, a small one in Bangalore. We had one in um, uh, Hubli, and then once again in Mysore. Something happened in Mysore that kind of just, uh, we were originally planned to move it strong throughout the country, but then after Mysore, certain things happened there that, that caused me to pull back a bit, uh, but, but it was good. And we're kind of going to resume that this coming year and try to get that word out to people as we can throughout the nation. Some other important things that happened this year, we started off the uh, uh, equipping workplace ministers, already focusing on trying to build up our workplace ministers. We started the marriage enrichment getaway. Uh, we also, interestingly, in the city of Bangalore, uh, pastors started getting together in a more fervent way once a month to meet for prayer. And I think that was a major breakthrough uh, starting in September of this year. A, we, a group of pastors, God said, you know, and these were pastors from you know, major churches saying, you know, we are going to get together for prayer at least once a month. And we've been doing it faithfully uh, since September of this year. Now, uh, of course, sometimes pastors travel, so not all of them are there all the time, but at least the prayer meetings go on um, the second Wednesday of every month. And uh, we just begin, begin to open it up to more people, more business leaders and others, and uh, even those who are not pastors, getting together for prayer. And I think that was a major, uh, major <clears throat> breakthrough, new ground that we broke as far as the city is concerned. Uh, I'm really excited about that. So there's a lot of things that we are really happy about of, of, of 2006. Now, towards the end of each year, I just wait upon the Lord and say, God, you know, what are you saying to us as a church for the coming year? So kind of sometime November, uh, December, I just begin to pray and say, God, what are you telling us as a church for the coming year, 2007? Now, why, uh, why do you do this? Why, I mean, don't we have, of course, we have the written word of God. And, uh, why do we need to hear a specific word from God for 2007? And I believe there are many, many reasons that we could list. But one of the reasons is so that we can be prepared for what is coming. In John 16, 13, Jesus said, The Holy Spirit will show you things to come. That means he will tell you things ahead of time so that you can be ready you can be prepared you know what the direction god wants us to go as a church you want you know what he wants us to do so i try to say, wait on the lord say god what are you telling us telling me telling us as a church the individuals and the individuals in the church uh for this coming year and uh, not to boast or anything but it's just been so amazing that when god speaks and then we begin to see it happen in the lives of people say god is doing something Amen. God is doing something. I also just want to uh, uh, remind you, in the book of Revelation, when the Lord Jesus speaks to every church, he has a message for each local church. Amen. He speaks to the seven churches and he says, to, eat, to the messenger of each church, tell this, 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 this. So God has, a, Jesus has a message for every local church. So I believe that he has a message for us as a local church. Amen. And so we need just to listen, say, God, what are you telling us as a local church? 
I also want to just kind of draw the boundary for what I'm going to give you as the word of the Lord for 2007, that the scope of this word is for us as a local church. Amen? The word of the Lord for 2007 that I'm going to share with you in a few minutes here, it's for us as a local church. I'm, we're not prophesying to the city. We're not prophesying to this nation. So don't go around and say, Pastor said, this is the word of the Lord for the nation. No, 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 no. <laughs> Amen? It's for us as a church. I'm praying to God, say, God, what are you telling us as a local church? What is the message you want to bring to people at all people's church or those who are part of it, those who are connected to it? Or if you came tonight saying, God, I want to hear from you for 2007, then you're included. But that's the scope of it. We are not prophesying this is the word of the Lord for the city of Bangalore or for all the churches in Bangalore, for all the nation of India, for the whole world. No, 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 no. The scope of tonight's word is for the local church. For those who are part of all people's church. If you're part of it, you're here, somehow connected all people's church, then this is the word of the Lord for 2007. So several weeks ago, as I was waiting on the Lord for 2007, here's what the Lord put in my heart to share for, with you for 2007. I'm going to give you the word, give you the message, and then explain it. Because it's, it's one thing to hear from God what he's saying. It's another thing to understand how he wants us to apply it, how he wants us to be ready for 2007. Right? So the word of the Lord, the word that just came to my heart as I was praying and seeking God for it is this word shift. Shift. So in 2007, there will be a shift. In 2007, there will be a shift. The word shift simply means change or alteration. So there is going to be a shift. There is going to be a change or an alteration. So look at your neighbor and say, prepare for a shift. And there are three specific areas that you and I will see a shift in 2007. Three areas, and I want to explain it. First, there's going to be a shift in pace. Everybody say a shift in pace. Second, there'll be a shift in purpose. Everybody say a shift in purpose. And third, there'll be a shift in priorities. Everybody a shift in priorities. So you're going to have these three things happen in 2007. There's going to be a shift. There will be a shift in 2007. And we will experience it in three areas. There will be a shift in pace. There will be a shift in purpose. And there will be a shift in priorities. Amen. A change. An alteration. In pace. In purpose. And in priorities. Let's discuss these three one by one and then we'll talk about the application to each of us as individuals and for us as a local church. A shift in pace. Most of us, most of us will see an acceleration. You'll move from first gear to second gear. From second gear to third, third to fourth. And some of you can move from fourth to fifth. But there'll be a shift in pace. We will begin to see either an acceleration or a deceleration. But majority of us are going to see an acceleration. A shift in pace of things. Things will begin to happen at a much quicker pace in many spheres of our lives. So look at your neighbor and say, get ready to accelerate. There'll be a shift in pace. Things will begin to happen much faster. You will be required to move at a much faster pace than what you are doing right now. Because there's a shift that God is bringing in your life, in my life. We have to move faster. Tell your neighbor, move faster. You have to move quickly. There's an acceleration, a shift in the pace of things that God is doing in your life, in my life. There's a, 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 there's a shift in the pace at which he wants you to move and me to move. You know, what, what kind of things would cause a shift in pace? One example. 
answers to prayer usually require a shift in pace. Answers to prayer. Take a great example of Elijah. He's on Mount Carmel praying for rain in 1 Kings the 18th chapter verses 41 to 46. He's on Mount Carmel. He's praying for rain. What was his posture? The Bible tells us he was down on his knees. He was, you know, and if he was taking the Middle Eastern posture, he was down on his knees, face on the ground, praying to God for rain. But when he had the answer for prayer and he had to pray, he prayed fervently. Seven times he sent the man, go look for rain. He was in that posture. But when the answer for prayer came, what did he have to do? He had to shift his pace. He had to get up and run. Amen. Answers to prayer will require a shift in pace in your life. Suddenly you've been praying for things and suddenly the answer to prayer comes. You can't remain in that static stationary position. Now you've got to get up and start running because your answer, the answer to your prayer has come. Amen. If you understand it, say amen. There's a shift in pace. You, you can't sit down there and keep praying for rain. You'll get drenched. You get soaked. You were in that posture while you were praying. But now the answer to your prayer has come. It's time for you to get up and move. There's a shift in pace. You have to accelerate. You have to act quickly. You have to move quickly. Rapid expansion, rapid growth requires a shift in pace of things that you're doing. You cannot just do it the same slow way that you're doing. Amen? If you understand it, say amen. amen. So God is telling us there will be a shift in 2007. There will be a shift in pace. We will have to move faster than what we've been doing before. We will have to move much quicker than what we've been doing before. Because God is, either there's going to be an answer to prayer, maybe there's any growth and expansion, different things around you that will require you to move faster than you were used to. Now a few of us, and that's very, very few, because I sense that very, very few of us might experience a deceleration of things, meaning a quieting down of things. But the majority of us are going to see a shift in pace. Things are going to accelerate. Look at your neighbor once again say get ready to accelerate. The second shift we're going to see in 2007 is there going to be a shift in purpose. A shift in purpose. In 2007 there will be a change in your focus. So when I say there's a shift in purpose, it doesn't mean there is a change in your life's purpose, but in there will be a change in your focus. A slight alteration in what you are pursuing as your primary assignment. A change in your primary purpose for this season. There will be a shift in purpose. It's, I'm not saying that your whole life's purpose is suddenly you know, going to go upside down. No, I'm not talking about your whole life's purpose. I'm not saying your purpose, your primary assignment, your focus, your primary purpose for this season. There will be a shift in that. Some examples, maybe, you know, you've been just giving you some example uh, of a shift in purpose. Maybe you're sitting here and you've been throughout 2006, you've been saying, you know, um, uh, my primary focus is to make money and it's to become a successful professional. But suddenly God will bring a shift in that. And you'll find yourself saying, well, you know, uh, I know making money is important and I know becoming a success is important, but... Uh, my primary focus is shifting from that to becoming useful for the kingdom of God. Or I want to do something more than just making money. I want, my, my focus is shifting. It's shifting from being focused on money and becoming a successful professional. Although that's there, but my focus is shifted now to saying, God, I want to do something for the kingdom of God. A shift in purpose is coming. A shift in focus is coming. Or it could be maybe in your business, there's maybe a shift in the way things are being done or in what you are pursuing as your primary focus. You may be going in one direction, but God is saying there's a shift in purpose, a slight alteration. It's not changing your whole business, but there's a slight alteration. There's a shift coming, a shift in purpose. You're just moving in a slightly different direction. Maybe 
from for mothers you you're sitting and saying you know i always thought that my primary purpose was to you know make the best dosa best idli best biryani but god is saying there's a shift in purpose amen and i'm making it very plain and down to earth but in 2007 you're going to see that your purpose is just bigger than that you'll still continue making dosas and idlis and biryanis but you <laughs> The husband say amen. <laughs> Just worried if God will take away all my life. <laughs> But then there's going to be something more. This your focus and your your primary assignment is going to change, and you'll realize your primary assignment is beyond that. There's something more. There's a shift in your purpose. Amen. Or for students, there may be a shift in what you're saying as your primary assignment. You wanted to go a certain way, but God says there's a shift coming, a shift in your purpose for you as a student, for people in ministry. You've you said, well, this is going to be the focus of my ministry, but there's a slight adjustment God will make, a shift in the primary assignment of your ministry, uh, of your purpose, the, the the primary purpose you're pursuing in this season. There's a shift coming, and this will bring a third thing, which is a shift in priorities. Everybody say a shift in priorities. It means that in 2007 there'll be a change in what is really important, a reordering of priorities. Things that were lower in order will come up in order. There'll be reordering of your priorities, a shift in priorities. What you thought was number 3 on your list will soon will be become will become number 1. This is be my number 1 priority. There's a reordering of priorities in 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 various spheres of activity. The change in pace and the change in focus will cause a change in your priorities. God is changing the pace of which things are happening. God is shifting the purpose, the the focus of it, and therefore, consequently, there'll be a change. in your priorities what was was important will not be as important it'll go down what was lower in priority will become more important and you'll be in focusing more on that because there's a shift coming in 2007 if you understand it say amen, amen. so in 2007 there will be a shift a shift in pace a shift in purpose and a shift in priorities amen now let's talk about the application so when you begin to see god shifting things in your life what do you do how do you respond let's talk about the application for us as individuals how do we respond when there is a shift in pace when there's an acceleration here some things to keep in mind be alert be alert You know those of you who drive cars or bikes when you're going at a higher speed you need to be more alert. When you're at a slope you're in first gear it's okay you look at look around looking it's okay fine. But when you're going in fourth gear you can ask Ajit about this but <laughs> if you're going at 100 miles per hour or kilometers per hour you have to be alert because even a small mistake can prove fatal so when god shifts the pace of things and you are is causing an acceleration to come into your life in various spheres you've got to be on double alert because a small mistake can be very fatal wasn't the way it used to be you're now in a higher gear you're moving much faster you're moving more quickly so you got to be very alert in the way things are being done you know god had an interesting word for jeremiah in jeremiah chapter 12 verse 5 i'm just helping us understand the application of this in jeremiah chapter 12 and verse 5 god is talking to jeremiah about a shift He says in verse 5 you know Jeremiah is complaining God you've called me to prophesy to these people they're not responding and they're so stiff necked people and all of that and then verse 5 Jeremiah 12 verse 5 God saying if you have run with footmen and they have wearied you 
then how can you contend with horses? And if in the land of peace in which you trusted they wearied you, then how will you do in the floodplain of Jordan? Now, God's saying, Jeremiah, you've just been walking with footmen and you're saying you're getting tired. What will happen when you have to run with horses? Meaning, if you're going to run with, you know, you're going to be at a much higher pace, what's going to happen? Don't grumble about the shift in pace. So the second thing is this, adjust to the speed. So first, be alert. Second, adjust to the speed. Don't grumble about the speed. God, this is going so fast. Well, there's a purpose. God needs to get you to your destination. Amen? There's a reason why we think we accelerate. The road is clear. You still don't stick in first gear. You block all the traffic. You shift gears. Why? The road's clear. It's time to accelerate. You want to reach your destination. So God is doing that. He's going to, uh, when, when he shifts the pace, we must adjust to the speed at which things happen. Don't grumble about the shift. Allow yourself to be stretched. Like Jeremiah, don't say, God, I'm so tired. Then God's going to say, well, if, you run, if you've been walking with footmen, and I want to change the pace for you to run with horses, but you're complaining about walking with footmen that they've wearied you, how will you survive when I turn the pace on for you to run with horses? Amen? So don't grumble about the pace. Adjust to the pace of, what, of things that God is doing. It's going to happen faster. There's a shift in pace. There's an acceleration. Adjust to that speed. Learn to run with the horses. And thirdly, very important, when there is a shift in pace, when there's an acceleration, we must maintain endurance. Everybody say maintain endurance. You know, this is the key. You and I are very familiar with the scripture in Isaiah, the 40th chapter and the 31st verse. It says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. You see three analogies that are there in that, in that verse. Soaring like eagles, running and not being weary, walking and not fainting. The key thing is that the key thing is this: that endurance is very important, regardless of what your pace is. You may be you may be walking, you may be running, or you may be soaring, but the thing is, you must have endurance. And in 2007, God will shift our pace from walking to running or running to soaring. But regardless of what the shift is in pace that God brings in your life and mine, we must maintain endurance. Amen? Maintain endurance. And how do we maintain endurance? He tells us right there, you wait upon the Lord, you'll renew your strength. So very important key, as God turns the pace on, when there's a shift in pace, we must have a consistent time of just waiting on God. I just told Amy yesterday, and I'm already scheduled regular times of just getting away and waiting on God throughout 2007. Amen. And you can do that. You fix it in your calendar. The good thing about the calendar is you can plan before the day comes. If you, if you want to do it. Amen. You can plan what you're going to do in December 2007 on January 1st. Just put it down there. Amen? So you can plan that you're going to keep certain days aside. Just wait upon the Lord so that you can renew your strength. Because you know there's a shift in pace coming. And you need to be able to maintain endurance throughout 2007. Amen? Don't wait and say, maybe if, if I get a day, I will wait on the Lord. Please, don't do that. Thank God for calendars. Amen? Instantly, there are free calendars available at the desk. <laughs> if you want to pick one up. Hold your calendar in front of you. You can see all of 2007. Pick out one day a month. Saying, that day, even if the President of India calls me, I'm saying no. Because I'm making it a day of an appointment with God, the God of this universe. Put it down now. So simple. 
I'll just mark it down now. This is my day with the Lord. I need to wait on the Lord. Why? Because I need to maintain endurance so that I can run. I can walk without fainting. I can run without being tired. And I can soar without having to let down. Amen. Got to maintain endurance. So when there's a shift in pace, be alert. Adjust to the speed. Maintain endurance. Now for those of us who might be seeing a quieting down of things, a deceleration. You know, one of the things that, uh, that tends to happen during deceleration is this, you tend to become very restless. Right? You don't like the quietness. You're so used to everything happening. But for some of us, a few of us, when God brings a deceleration of things... Remember Isaiah 30 and verse 15. In quiet, returning and rest you'll be saved. In quietness and confidence you will have your strength. But the majority of us will see an acceleration. Now let's talk about the shift in purpose and a shift in priorities. When there's a shift in purpose, which is a shift in your focus, your primary focus, or your primary assignment, and a shift in priorities... Understand that this is going to impact your lifestyle. When there's a shift in purpose and a shift in priorities, it will impact your lifestyle, the way you live. It's going to affect your lifestyle. It will impact the allocation of your resources, your time, money, and energy. Because now what was important is not as important. So you're not putting your time, money, and energy there. You're going to put it in something else. So it will affect your lifestyle and it will affect the allocation of your resources and it will also impact relationships. It will also impact relationships. Why? Because there's a shift in your purpose. There's a shift in your priorities. And therefore, it will affect your lifestyle. It will affect your, the allocation of resources where you're going to put your time, money and energy. And it will also affect your relationships. There will be an alteration in those areas. Because God is altering or shifting your primary purpose and your priorities. So when this happens, one very important thing is this. Avoid being double-minded. Look at your neighbor and say, avoid being double-minded. Because the tendency is, God, I was doing that in 2006, but now you're shifting me in something else in 2007. No, no, God, I, I, I want to stay that way. Please, avoid being double-minded because the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. When God brings a shift, go with it. Amen. If you are double-minded, you become unstable. Means you are shaky, you will fall. When God brings a shift, he's bringing a shift in your purpose, he's bringing a shift in pace, he's bringing a shift in priorities. Avoid being double-minded. You say, God, I used to have those relationships. It was so wonderful there. Yes, it's wonderful. But God's making a shift in your purpose. He's making a shift in your priorities. So it's affecting your relationships. You have to let go of some of the older ones or they will have lower importance in your life. And there's something new relationships, some new relationships that you'll have to take up, which will have, be of more import, of greater importance in your life. But the tendency is for us to be double-minded because we want to hold on to that and we want to accommodate this and usually you can't have both because there's a shift in purpose and a shift in priorities which is affecting your lifestyle, which is affecting your allocation of your resources and it's affecting your relationships. Amen. So adjust to this. Avoid being double-minded. In 2007, we will see a shift. I want to talk about this as an ap application for us as a church. It spoke to us till now. Application for us as individuals. Application for us as a church. We will see a shift in pace. I believe in 2007, we're going to see an acceleration in growth. Amen. Because there's a shift in pace. We will grow much faster than we've grown before. There's going to be an acceleration in growth. And when there is an accelerated growth, there is a tendency for people to feel neglected or to feel left behind or to feel overwhelmed. There's a tendency for people to feel neglected. I mean, just coming in, before it was like, okay, you know, 300 people, now suddenly you have 600 people. Oh, 
We feel a tendency to feel neglected. Our tendency to left, feel left behind. Or our tendency for us pastors and ministers to feel overwhelmed. God, what are we going to do now? So the key is this, to get in rather than being on the fringe or the extremity where you risk being feeling neglected or left out. You know, those who are in never feel left out. Amen? Because you're in. But you're on, when you're on the fringe of things and on the extremity, then you always have a tendency of feeling left out. Well, step in. Get connected. Put heart, soul, mind, body into the church. Amen. If you're on the border, should I be a part of all people's church? Let me wait for one year and see. And you're on the border. I mean, it's okay to wait a few months to check it out. But if you're on the border for a year and just testing, should I be a part of the church? I can guarantee you, you'll feel left out. Amen. And sooner or later, even if God wanted you to be a part of the church, because you feel left out, you'll leave. My challenge to you is this. You know, get in, heart, soul, mind, and body. Become part of the church so that you don't risk being left out as we see accelerated growth in the church in 2007. Because God is shifting the pace of things. There's going to be a shift in purpose for us as a church. There's a change in our focus. A couple of changes that I believe will come our way in 2007-1 there'll be a focus on evangelism there'll be a change from inward focus to outward focus in all these five years we've been focusing inside building strong people studying the word and and just building people up by the spirit word and the spirit and that will continue but our focus will shift meaning we will now let's say let we will begin this we'll say let's be outward focused rather than inward focus let's look at the lost Let's look at people that need to be reached. Let's put our time, energy, and our resources and invest more, more, and more into reaching the lost. We've already invested a lot in building the saints. Amen? All the free books. We've invested a lot. Now it's time to invest in reaching the lost. There'll be a change from our church focus to kingdom focus. Amen. I mean, our church is good and we will still work on the church. You know, don't think we're all going to resign and go away. <laughs> no, we will continue to, you know, build. But our mindset will change. It will not be so much of all people's church, but it will be about the kingdom of the living God. Our focus is going to change from about our church to God's kingdom. We're going to be more proud about the king and his kingdom than about the church. You know, when people ask which church you go, of course you'll tell them, you know, I go to all people's church, wonderful. But our focus is not going to be our church, it's going to be the kingdom of God. And we're going to move from a city focus to a nation focus. Amen. We will continue working in our city, we'll continue to do what we have to do to impact our city. But I believe we will also begin to look more at our nation and say, God, we want to begin to impact this nation in a greater way. There'll be a change in priority for us as a church. We've been doing a lot on the word. But the priorities will shift a little bit. We'll be moving more into strategic prayer and the emphasis on the supernatural to encourage people to believe God for healings and miracles in their lives. Now this change in focus and our priority will make people uncomfortable because you say, well, you know, the only reason I used to come to all people's church is because I wanted, the, I wanted that nice meat I used to get every Sunday morning. But now suddenly there's a change in focus and you're talking more about, you know, praying. You're talking more about the supernatural and healings and miracles. Uh, it makes me feel a little uncomfortable. So I'm warning you now. <laughs> Amen. There's a shift coming. There's a change in our pace. There's a change in our focus. There's a change in our priority. And when God brings a shift, the key is to learn to go with the flow. Amen? Let God navigate when he brings this shift in pace, in purpose, and in priorities. Amen? Now, I'm going to change subject a little bit here. Uh, uh, 
this morning. I'm trying to figure out this morning or night. This morning, I think. So just tell your neighbor, wake up. There's a change in subject. I want to talk a little bit about hearing from God. How many of you like to hear from God? I want to give you the telephone number. Please write it down. (laughs) I want to spend a little time about hearing from the Holy Spirit. Because I've run into a lot of our brothers and and sisters here. And and a lot of them have a question. How do you hear from God? Okay, you're standing and saying, this is the word of the Lord for 2007 is, uh, there's going, there will be a shift. And how did God reveal that to you? I mean, did angel Gabriel come? Or were you taken to the third heavens and did you hear the voice of God? Or how do you hear from God? And I want to uh, share that with us, if you will follow me in the diagram. And I've, I found this a very, very nice way to communicate to people how to listen from the Holy Spirit. All right, so I want to explain that diagram here in a few minutes so that you and I can learn how to hear from the Holy Spirit. I've, I've done this in the Bible college and probably shared it with a few individuals. Uh, you know, anybody can develop the ability to hear from the Holy Spirit. Anyone can, right? And uh, uh, you can learn to listen to God anywhere at any time. You may be in the, you know, in the middle of your classroom. Uh, you may be... Uh, wanting to find out God, is it A, B, C, or D? Which one God? You, know? you can learn to hear from God. Now, I'm not saying don't study. You have to study. But in spite of all of that, you can still learn to hear from God. And, and you may be in the middle of a very important business decision or whatever. You and I can learn to listen to the Spirit of God. There are two primary ways by which a believer must be led. The first and most important way is by the written Word of God. Everybody say the written Whoa. Everybody say the written word of God. You can tell it's past my bedtime. Everybody say the written word of God. So we are led, first of all, by the word of God. This is the general counsel of God. Everything we do must be in line with the written scriptures. I don't care if you said Jesus visited you and gave you a revelation. If it contradicts the written word of God, I will cast your vision out and believe the word. Amen. This is the final authority that you and I have. I don't care if you say, I saw 24,000 angels. But if those 24,000 angels gave you a message that contradicts the word of God, all of them were wrong. Amen? Because this is final authority. Right? But this Bible doesn't have chapter and verse on whom you should marry. On what you should do for your job, this, that, and other. It doesn't have those subjective things. So that is where you and I must develop the second most important way to hear from God, which is the witness of the Holy Spirit. Amen? The most second most important way that a believer must be led by God is not through prophecy. It is not through, you know, somebody external things. It is through the inward witness of the Holy Spirit. The mistake many of people make is they go looking for prophets to prophesy. Listen, God never said he will lead you by prophets. He said, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. He didn't say those were led by prophets. Now there's nothing, I'm not against prophets or prophetic words, a very important part of what God is doing. But, I, but many believers are making the mistake of running after prophetic words when they are ignoring the second most important way for God to lead them, which is the inner witness of the Spirit. The Bible says in Romans 8 and verse 16, the Spirit bears witness with our spirit. The Spirit testifies to our spirit. So quickly, let me give you a lesson on how to hear from the Holy Spirit. Tell your neighbor, wake up. I want to give you a quick lesson on how to hear from the Holy Spirit. You know, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 gives the, uh, the, 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 the three parts. The, the, the tripart being that you and I are. We have a body, we have a soul, we have a spirit. Or if you go from inside out, spirit, soul and body. We all understand that. If you understand it, say amen. Now, look at the body. The body has five faculties through which signals are sent to your soul. And then in your soul, which is your mind, will and emotions, you reason, you analyze and you determine action. 
For example, you see a, a freshly baked cake. What happens? You smell the cake. Mmm, smells good. So one signal has gone to your soul. Then you see the cake. Then what do you want to do? You want to taste it. So your brain says a signal to your hand. Reach out and grab a piece. So you reach out and grab a piece. And then you taste it. And you can feel it. You hold it in your hand. You feel it. You taste it. You enjoy it. And your brain says, take one more. <laughs> and so you reason, you analyze, you determine action. Through the signals that have come through your body. What many of us do not understand is that the human spirit is capable of those same faculties and is capable of sending those same kind of signals to your soul, which is your mind, your will, your emotions, for you to reason, analyze, and then determine course of action. And the Holy Spirit resides in your human spirit. And the Bible says the spirit bears witness with our spirit. Meaning the Holy Spirit is bearing witness or testifying, giving evidence to the human spirit. How will he do it? Through the five faculties that are available to your human spirit. Now let me first prove to you and me that our human spirit does have faculties. For example, the Bible says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Now how are you going to taste and see the Lord is good? With your tongue or with your spirit? God told Ezekiel in Ezekiel chapter 3 and verse 3, he says, Take, eat the scroll. And Ezekiel said, I ate it and it was tasting like honey. Now tell me, did he actually chew on the Bible or was it in the spirits? My guess would be it was in the spirits. Amen? So you have the ability to taste in your spirit. Now it says, hearing, the Bible says, let him who has ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying. What years is he talking about? The physical year or the spiritual year? Spiritual year. The Bible says, Paul is praying in Ephesians 1, he says, I pray that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. What eyes is he talking about? Your physical eyes or your eyes of your inner being? Eyes of your inner being. Yeah, physicalize, you go to the doctor. Eyes of inner being. May your eyes be open. The psalmist said, Open thou my eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. What eyes was he referring to? His physical eyes or spiritual eyes? So your spirit has eyes. Amen? You can see. Feel. The psalmist says, as the deer pans for the water brook, so my soul thirsts for you. Where does he thirst for God? Body or soul? Inner being. Inner being. My soul longs for you. When can I come and appear before God? Where is that hunger? In the stomach or the spirit? Spirit. When your stomach is hungry, you do something different. You eat foods. But when your spirit is hungry, you want to feel. Sometimes we say, I feel God. How do you feel Him? Not in your physical sense. You feel Him in your spirit. So your spirit is capable of these faculties. So the Holy Spirit is going to communicate to your human spirit through these faculties. We all understand yes or no? Now let's go through one of them. Let's do the top three because that's where we find a lot of scripture. For example, about feeling. You can feel in your spirit. Alright? I hope all of you can read those verses up there. No, I know you can't. You can't. Uh, we'll make them available to you somehow, somewhere. But for example, in Acts 17, 16, Paul says he was stirred in his spirit. Acts 18, 5, he was pressed in the spirit. Here's a classic scripture. Let's go to Acts chapter 20 and verses 22 and 23. Those of you who have light can read it. The others have to read it by faith. 
Acts chapter 20. I'll just read it for you. Acts 20, verses 22 and 23. Acts 20, verse 22. Paul says, And see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. Classic scripture. Acts chapter 20, verses 22 and 23. Verse 22, he says, I go bound in my spirit. What is he feeling in his spirit? He's feeling a sense of being bound. A constraining feeling in his spirit. I go bound in my spirit. But that feeling has a message. What is the message? Verse 23. The Holy Spirit testifies. So that feeling is the Holy Spirit communicating a message to me. Do we all understand it? Yes or no? Amen? I'm running through this very quick because otherwise we'll have to be here for a long time. So that feeling in your spirit has a message. Paul felt bound in his spirit. What was the Holy Spirit testifying? There are chains and tribulations waiting for you in Jerusalem. So the feeling, the impression that you have, whether you're feeling pressed in your spirit, whether you're feeling uh, stirred in your spirit or bitterness, Ezekiel, Ezekiel 33 and verse 14, Ezekiel says, I felt bitterness and heat in my spirit. Ezekiel 11.5, he says, the spirit fell on me. He could feel the weight of the spirit resting on him. So sometimes you feel peace, you feel comfort, you feel strength, you feel uneasiness, you feel whatever. You, you, you feel in your spirit. But that feeling is the Holy Spirit communicating a message to you. Amen? The Bible says the spirit bears witness with our spirit. And that's the way a believer is supposed to be led. Second thing we see is about seeing. Ah, thank you. So if you want to write those verses down, you can write it quickly. You, then the feeling may come as a flash. Or it might be a continued feeling. But the thing is, as you develop your spirit and the ability to receive these kinds of signals from the Holy Spirit, you can say like the Apostle Paul, I feel bound in my spirit, therefore the Holy Spirit is telling me this message. Or I feel at ease in my spirit, therefore the Holy Spirit is telling me this message. And you make your decision right there. Amen? You so say, why is the Holy Spirit not, you know, speaking to me in clear English? I don't know. But we must understand how God does speak. Amen? To the feeling. The second is the seeing. The seeing. We can see the eyes of the Spirit. For example, you can see pictures. Your spirit eyes can see pictures. Some examples, you find a lot of examples in scripture, but Amos chapter 7 verses 1 through 8, and Amos chapter 8 verse 1 to 12. God says, Amos, what do you see? He says, I see a basket of summer fruit. I see a, an army of locusts. He sees different pictures. But these pictures have meaning and message. So you can receive a picture in your spirit. Dreams come to us. Job 33, 14 through 16, God speaks to us in a dream. Trance, Acts 10 verses 10 and 11. Peter falls into a trance. He is seeing with his spirit. Visions. Seeing with your spirit. Acts 8.3. Sorry, Ezekiel 8.3 and Ezekiel 11.24. Uh, uh, Ezekiel says, And the Spirit of the Lord showed me these things in my, the visions of my spirit. So there are advanced experiences. Out of body experiences where you take, go out of your body. Or your eyes are open to see into the spirit realm. There are different levels of Communication of seeing in the spirit. The very basic is pictures that are released in your spirit. A flash, a picture comes in your spirit. It's the Holy Spirit communicating information to you in your spirit. You need to take that picture and understand what is the Lord saying. Amen. Just check your neighbor if he's, if he's already into visions and dreams. Just wake them up. <laughs> this is just theory class right now. You can practice at home. The third one is hearing. Hearing. What do you hear? You hear words. So the way the Holy Spirit communicates is He can give you a word. He can give you a sentence. He can give you a few sentences. He can give you a big paragraph. 
But I can tell you the many times when the Holy Spirit speaks, it's usually a word or a sentence. So why doesn't he give big paragraph? Because he wants to first have you obey the word. Before he can give you a big paragraph. I mean, think about how the Holy Spirit spoke to Peter. Peter's fasting and praying. And God is about to do something very important. The messengers from Cornelius' house have come to Peter. What does the Holy Spirit say? Peter says, in, uh, uh, Peter says, And the Holy Spirit said, Go with them, don't doubt anything. One sentence. What? Go, don't doubt. He didn't tell him where he was going, why he should go with them. No, we want full paragraph. Holy Spirit, explain everything to me. The Holy Spirit gave Peter one sentence. Go with them, doubting nothing. Think about Philip. On the desert strip of Gaza, he sees somebody in a chariot. The Holy Spirit gives him one sentence. Go join this chariot. Go join this chariot. Four words. Philip says, the Spirit said, go join this chariot. Why didn't the Holy Spirit say, go join this chariot? Inside the chariot, you'll find an Ethiopian eunuch. He will be reading the Old Testament. I want you to go with him. He, he's safe. He won't kill you. He won't eat you. Why did the Holy Spirit say all that? No, he gave him only four words. Go join this chariot. But it opened up a major move of God into Ethiopia. The gospel was brought into Ethiopia through four words of instruction. Amen. So many times in your spirit you hear a word. Or you hear a few words that make a sentence. And sometimes you know you might hear a few sentences. But usually it's not like that. Usually it's a word. Go. Yes. No. Do it. It's a word from the spirit of God. Or a few words. So the word for 2007. How did I get it? I can assure you I didn't go to the third heavens. No, it was just a word that came up in my spirit. A shift. Then I began to pray, say, God, now, how, what is it? What is it? What shift? Then the understanding comes. A shift in pace. A shift in purpose. A shift in priorities. And then he said, okay, God, now, how do we apply this? Then the understanding comes. But then, what is the word? Just one word, shift. In 2007, there will be a shift. How does it come in your spirit? He bears the inner witness. There's an inner voice. There's an audible voice. There is prophecy. There are other ways the Holy Spirit does speak through prophecy, through angelic messengers, and so on. But I want us to, as a church to develop the ability to listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen? Each one sitting here tonight. You can develop the ability. And this is God's number two way to guide you. Amen. Number two way to guide you is by the inner witness of his spirit. So develop that ability. It takes some time. It takes some effort. In, in very Just quieten down and say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? It could come as a feeling. It could come as a picture in your mind. It could come as a flash, a word or a sentence that rises up in your spirit. I know this is what the Holy Spirit is saying. And you make your decision based on that. You are being led by the Spirit of God. Amen? Now, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 7 says, The Spirit and the Word agree. 1 John chapter 5 verse 7 says, The Spirit and the Word agree. The Spirit and the Word agree. Agree. That means what the Holy Spirit is saying will always be in agreement with the written word of God. That's one good test for you. Say, so God, you know, just a silly example, but just to make a point here. If you're married and uh, you know, you're not getting along with your husband, you're not getting along with your wife, you're praying and you get a feeling, go marry somebody else. It's very likely that feeling wasn't from God. <laughs> Amen? Because the Spirit and the Word agree. Amen? 
So even what you sense in your spirit through the seeing, hearing, or feeling, you've got to test back with the word. As long as within the perimeter of the word of God, you can act on it. Amen? There's a quick lesson on how to hear from the spirit of God. So the word of the Lord for 2007 is, is there will be a shift. A shift in pace. A shift in purpose. A shift in priorities. When these things happen in our lives, we must respond. We must know how to respond. And I love God to bring this shift. Amen. There's going to be acceleration. Things are going to move faster. You must respond. Be alert. And accommodate. <coughs> adjust to that pace change. Maintain your endurance. Maintain the ability to run at a higher speed. And you do that by waiting upon the Lord. There'll be a shift in purpose, the shift in priorities. Amen. What we're going to do is now get into a lab, laboratory. No? We'd finish the theory, we'll get into the laboratory. You heard how to hear from the Holy Spirit. I want us to take a few moments to say, Spirit of God, speak to me. I want to hear from you. All right? And I want you to listen. Maybe it will come as a feeling in your spirit, or it will come as a picture, or it may be a word or a sentence that comes up in your spirit. You can do it. Amen? You can do it. So as you wait on the Lord, just say, God, what are you telling me personally for 2007? How does this word apply to my life? What kind of changes in pace? What kind of changes in purpose? What kind of changes in priorities are you going to bring in my life for 2007? Jesus said the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. Meaning he'll show you before they happen. So you can stand here tonight and say, God, just show me. What are you speaking to me? How must I receive this word? What are the things you're telling me for 2007? Amen. Do you want to do it or you want to go home and sleep? Let's do it. So all those who want to do it can stand up. The others can remain seated and sleep. <laughs> Just joking. Let's all stand up to our feet. I call the worship team up. They're going to play for us very softly on their instruments. As all of us try to listen to the Lord tonight and just wait on the Lord and say, God, you said in your word that the spirit bears witness with my spirit. As many as are led by the Spirit of God. I know the number one way is through the written word. The number two way is by the inner leading, inner witness of the Spirit. Thank God for it. And then God gives us all the other bonuses of dreams and prophecies and angelic visitations and all of those other things. Wonderful. But let's work on number two, the inner witness of the Spirit. As you're standing here tonight, I want you to say, God, please speak to me by your Spirit. Wait for a word. That word will come out of your Spirit. It will come to your soul. It will come to your mind where you can pick it up and you begin to understand it. You begin to uh, analyze it. Then you determine your course of action. Or it may be a picture that comes out of your Spirit and comes into your mind. Your mind begins to see it and you fix it and say, okay, God is saying this to me. Or it may be a uh, uh, Something that you can feel uh, and God is a feeling of strength, a feeling of courage or whatever. God releases through your spirit, your mind picks it up and you get the message. But all of us as we stand, let's take a few moments just to wait on God and learn to listen to the Holy Spirit tonight. Amen. And pray about the word you heard tonight. There will be a shift in 2007. A shift in pace. A shift in purpose. A shift in priorities maybe some of you are standing here tonight you say you know I can relate to that word right away I can relate to that word right away then I want you to start praying about it and say God help me be ready when these things happen let's just pray and take time to wait on the Lord
Father, as we wait on you tonight in your presence, I pray that your Holy Spirit, God, will just move upon every person, that each one here tonight will be able to hear from your precious Holy Spirit. Oh God, help us to hear. Let each one begin to pick up that inner witness, the inner leading of your spirit, that stillness, that quietness, God. Help us, help each one to learn to listen to your spirit tonight.
as you're standing I just want to call the ushers to go ahead and distribute the uh, word of the Lord for 2007. We have some bookmarks and stickers that you can take back with you and use it. Keep reminding yourself about what God has spoken for 2007. So please pick up at least a bookmark and a sticker. If you want to take more, you're welcome to do that. The ushers will distribute it. We'll also have extra available at the uh, book desk, book table. So you can take a bookmark or a couple of them give out to your friends, uh, other people in the church, uh, stickers you can stick on your books, your diary, wherever. Just remind yourself, this is the word of law for 2007. There'll be a shift, a shift in pace, a shift in purpose, a shift in priorities. And um, You can stick it wherever you think would be appropriate as to remind yourself. The message will be available on our website shortly. So you can download the entire teaching. You can get the CD if you want to listen to it again. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's just close tonight with a... Oh, yes. Sorry. We got to do the communion if you're going. Gosh, it's been a long night. <laughs> Amen. Now let the ushers go ahead and distribute the cards. And then we're going to get ready to receive and partake of the communion, the Lord's table. <clears throat> Hallelujah. pray as we get ready to participate in the table of the Lord. If you are a believer, you receive Jesus Christ into your life and he is your Lord, your master, you're welcome to participate in the table of the Lord. The ushers will come and serve the elements. Please hold on to it till everybody is served and then we'll all partake together as the body of Christ in 2007. Let's just prepare our hearts, take some time to pray and Prepare our hearts to uh, share in the table of the Lord this morning. Just pray and just wait till everybody is served so we can partake together. Father, in Jesus' name, we just sanctify these earthly elements, Lord, of bread and grape juice. As in this place, we declare that we are one body, that we belong to the body of Christ and we belong to one another. Because, Lord, your blood has made us one in your body. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are Lord of our lives, that you are the Lord who leads us in triumph and victory. You're the Lord who heals. You're the Lord who delivers. You're the Lord who causes us to triumph. We celebrate you, Jesus, in this place tonight. Let your power flow and let people receive your touch tonight. Let hearts and lives be encouraged. Let people be ministered to tonight or this morning as we partake of these elements. We thank you, Lord. Let's just sing for a few moments while people are being served and then we will partake together.